0: Welcome to the Bethel Church Austin Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Pastor Joaquin Evans. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.
1: Thank you, Jesus. feels good in here. Feels like Jesus is in the house. And if Jesus is in the house... Good things are going to happen. Can I get a different water bottle? This one is... (laughs) It's drunk in the spirit. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, man. I love Jesus. I'm a little bit undone. These are... That one's drunk, too. I don't know. It's all right. Safer. Closer to the ground. Man, that was a powerful word Jenna just gave us and just talking with uh, Ben and Jeanette on the front row. Bill <clears throat> came up and <clears throat> excuse me, came up and said, seven months from today is our second anniversary as a church, <clears throat> which is powerful. Today happens to be two twenty-two, 2 is the number of witness. Seven months from today is our second anniversary and 222 has significant uh, prophetic parallels. I have a friend who I worked with back in Reading who just today made a post on uh, Facebook about he would always see 222, 222, and for years has been asking God about the significance of that and not hearing anything. But but just recently was eating a bowl of cereal in the morning, and God says, do you want to know what 222 represents? And uh, he says, of course, yes, I do, of course. And God tells him, uh, 222 is my address. My, he says, my home is Ephesians 2.22 Ephesians is my home, is my address, is what is what he tells them. If I, can, uh, if I can get there real quick. The Ephesians 2.22, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. One more time, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. God says, that's my address. From the very beginning, from the time we launched, from pre-launch, we've been declaring that we, wanna, we want to create a place where God feels comfortable to come in our worship, in our midst, and abide to rest and remain. Amen. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. And when God comes, everything changes. Whew. I think God's speaking. <laughs> Thank you, Father. We love your presence. We love your goodness. We love what you're doing in this place. We love what you're doing in this city. We, uh, we had a tour um, on Thursday, we went down to Bobcat Stadium at Texas State University, and uh, had an incredible, favorable tour. They want to give it to us at a great price. They're excited about us using the stadium to do an Awakening Texas event, and thank you, Jesus. And, uh, thank you, Jesus. And, uh, 2022. Sorry, I got got my years crossed earlier. I'm thinking about too many things at once. We're going to do that event in 2022. It's going to be powerful. In fact, we went back two days in a row. We had such an incredible time. We went back the next day and met with him again, and we're praying over the field, having um, just encountering God, just hearing his voice. It's going to be an amazing time. Uh, We believe that God's going to really impact a region. So be praying into that with us. Um, Thank you, Jesus. Heidi's excited to come. Todd White, Michael Kulianos, you know, all the the Bethel family. It's going to be incredible. We're just going to change a region in the name of Jesus. Anybody excited about that? (laughs) Come on. Thank you, Lord i have I have something on my heart um, today, I feel like we have so many visitors with us uh, today. So how many visitors do we have? If it was asked earlier, I was distracted. Just wave at me. just how many lots and lots of visitors? Wow, that's amazing. Listen, welcome. I believe that you'll that you'll get something out of out of uh, what I share this evening but but this is really even for our family, just to encourage and inspire our family to keep going after what they're going after. But uh, Cassandra came up to me during worship and shared something, and she said, I-, I feel like that I might be supposed to share this. Can you help me discern if I su- should? And I said, oh, yeah, it's what you're, what you're describing is what I'm talking about tonight. So, yes, you're supposed to share it. So can you come up? Where are you? There you are. Come on up here. She had a... She had an encounter out at the uh, supermarket. Was that today or yesterday? Was today, yeah. That was today, 3:30. at 3:30 today. So uh, why don't you tell us uh, in brief what what happened today?
0: Yeah, so I was at HEB today, and I was just pushing my cart and saw this gentleman uh, with his family, and thought I'm supposed to encounter that uh, guy, and but he turned.
1: And he was he was tattooed up all over. And,
0: tattooed up, and uh, my spirit just knew. Um, And I said, but he turned, and I said, okay, God. Um, I said this in my heart. I said, if you want me to encounter him, let me see him again before I leave. And, And then I just went about my shopping. I didn't really think of anything else of it. And pull into the line, and I'm talking to the cashier, and I look to my left, and He's right next to me. And I looked at his line. I was like, Cause I didn't want him to get finished before I got finished. We had the same amount of stuff. So, anyways, uh, we got done and um, asked him if he knew Jesus. And he said, no, but I want to. And, um, so started to share the gospel with him and um, midway through he just stopped and started weeping Um, and he said Jesus forgive me and at that point he just wept and he just looked at me and I said it's okay he loves you and then he we finished the prayer and he received Jesus wow wow Come on, let's give Jesus praise. Is there something else going to say
1: about that? Mm-hmm. Come on, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, and we bless you, Senator, for stepping out, being bold. Come on, thank you, Jesus. Whew, thank you, Lord. I got extra hydration up here. That feels prophetic, too. God's getting ready to pour out more than enough. Oh, thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> you know, I want to I wanna talk about love encounters tonight. Um, as Ben shared earlier, re- was releasing love encounters. But I want to talk about love encounters out in the street. I want to talk... Oh, two people are excited about that. <laughs> I'll try that again. i am talk about love encounters out in the street. I'm gonna, yeah. talking about <clears throat> the, the church being the church and getting outside of the box I'm going to talk about not being afraid to express the love of God outside of the four walls, to really show up where people need him most, amen? amen. That where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. That, that the harder we think it is, the darker we think it is, the more he wants to show up. Come on, thank you, Jesus. And listen, it's actually easier to have God show up outside of the four walls Because that's where people need him most. Thank you, Jesus. He didn't come for those who are already well. He came for those who are sick in heart, those who need to know his love, his compassion, his goodness, his grace, and his saving nature. Can I get an amen to that? (laughs) Jesus is into loving people. (laughs) Thank you, Father. And he's really, really good at it. He's better than we think. He is more eager to encounter his children with his love than we've ever given him credit for. That he's willing to show up wherever we're willing to say yes. Thank you, Jesus. Aren't you glad that we don't have to do God's job for him? We don't have to do his job, but we do get to be a conduit. Essentially, we get to be a donkey for his goodness, for the glory to ride in and encounter people and to change lives. Thank you, God. And guess what? When God shows up in amazing ways, when God transforms a heart, just like Sandra just shared this me in the grocery store, weeping. Repentance, God forgive me, giving his heart to Jesus. When, when God shows up like that, people know that it's not you. You know, one of, one of the, the most feeble arguments is like, oh, I don't, I don't want to take glory from God. Really? Come on now. Listen, the world is smarter than that. When someone's back gets healed, when someone's ears pop open, when someone's tumor disappears. Come on, when someone gets out of a wheelchair, they know it's not you. They know something greater than you and them just showed up and they know because you're going to tell them that it's Jesus. Thank you, Father. Somebody make this declaration with me. Somebody say, it's easier than I think. It's easier than I think. It's, than I think. it's, than I think. it's really true. And uh, I just pray that the grace of God just comes and rests on us tonight, and that He l- literally does that—that that He makes it easier than we think. Thank you, Father. Uh, I got, I got, I got big stories. I got little stories. I got lots of stories because I've, I've really, I've given my life to going after Jesus, and I've given myself to telling people about how good he is. Why? Because he's been that good to me. Listen, he's been so good to me that he transformed me in such a deep way. I didn't grow up in, in going to church, I didn't grow up in you know professing Christ, I didn't grow up, like uh, my life wasn't perfect, I was messed up, I was doing drugs, I was all these things until Jesus showed up and broke every chain, <laughs> didn't just pull me out of darkness and leave me on the banks. No, He pulled me out of darkness and put me into his marvelous light. Yeah. Listen, the reason I tell people about Jesus is because I can't not. Listen, he's been so good to me. And the good news is that our job isn't to go out and give away information. Because it's not information that is going to change people, it's his goodness. It's the kindness of the Lord that leads people to repentance. So you get to go and open a door for people to encounter his kindness. And Jesus does the rest. Well, there's, I've got, you know, I, sometimes you open your mouth and, you know how many people know that his word never returns void? His word never returns void, but how many people also know that it doesn't always look the way we think it's supposed to look? Sometimes you step out and you open your mouth and the most amazing things happen. Sometimes what we would call small or mundane or little things happen. Sometimes nothing happens that we see in the moment. Sometimes people say no, say, get away from me. But listen, our job is just to open our mouth and to see what happens. Very few times in the, in the going on three years that we've been in Austin has anyone told us no For prayer. Did you know this is an open city? (laughs) Did you know people are hungry for love? Did you know people are... I got quiet. Did you know that this city is hungry for love? That people are hungry for truth. They're hungry for encouragement. They're even hungry to encounter the living God. They don't always know it because they've experienced religion in the past. But when God comes, he makes all things new. Even those past experiences. Thank you, Jesus. I got stories that ended amazing. I got I got stories where I just swung and, and missed. But, you know, uh, in teaching on healing... I tell people, you know, I've, I've seen thousands upon thousands of people healed, literally, without exaggeration. Thousands of people born again, saved. Hundreds upon hundreds of those people, it just in the streets, just at the supermarkets, going about my business. But I tell people in healing, the reality is I've probably prayed for, in the thousands that I've seen healed, I've also probably prayed for more people that haven't been healed than you've ever prayed for people, period. Why? Because it's just that willingness to swing. (laughs) How many people know it's not our reputation? How many people have ever prayed a prayer that looks like, God, I give you everything? (laughs) This side of the room isn't sure. That's all right. We'll have an altar call at the end. You can pray that prayer and we'll be good. (laughs) Listen, how many people have ever said, God, I give you everything? How many people know that includes your reputation? (laughs) That includes your self-preservation, your self-righteousness. That includes your, your need to look cool. It includes your need to have it all together, to have all the answers it it includes your need to get it right all the time. When you said, God, you can have everything I give you everything that means now your job is just to swing a couple of stories. This one ends really really well, but I was at a mall in uh in Germany several years ago and and uh we were uh, you know, we were there doing ministry, but we were on a break. And so they took us to the mall because my wife wanted to go shoe shopping. Come on, Jesus. All the ladies are like, amen, preach it. Preach it. This is the best word you've ever spoken. I feel permission in my spirit. And uh, <coughs> listen, God likes to show up everywhere, amen? So we were shoe shopping, and, uh, and uh, I ran out of gas, but she was still going. So I go I leave the shoe store, we're at the mall in Germany, I leave the shoe store, and I go, I'm sitting on a bench in the mall, and she's in there shopping, some of the team comes out with me, and we're just hanging out there. And uh, I'm like, I keep looking at my watch, you know, like how, how long do we gotta go, and, and I realize that, that, that our driver is supposed to come back and pick us up in about five minutes. But I realize we've been sitting on this bench for 20 minutes doing nothing, just twiddling our thumbs. And I'm like, you know what, we're supposed to be in this city releasing revival. And revival isn't supposed to just happen from the pulpit in the services at a conference. So I turned to the team, I said, guys, we got five minutes to release revival. I said, what have we been doing? We've been wasting time. Let's release revival. And they're like, oh, five minutes, what should we do? How many people know sometimes it's better to act first and to think second? So at the moment I said that, there was a group of, of seven, um, uh, seven young guys, teenagers, you know, 16, 17, teenage guys, you know, the, the, cool, the cool crowd guys walking by, and I just yell out at them. I said, hey, I have an encouraging word for you. Now here's the problem. I didn't have anything. And I was looking at the guy. You know, he looked like the leader of the pack. You know, I looked at him. I said, like, "I have an encouraging word for you." And and he turns around. And he goes. He goes. What does that mean? And I'm thinking to myself, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you know, there's a really profound prayer that you can pray at those moments, that always that God always answer. And the prayer looks like this: Help. So I started praying that prayer. I'm like, help, God, help, help. Give me something, and nothing's coming right away. Nothing's coming right away, so I'm like, I need more time. He's, like, still looking at me. This all happened, in a said, he's looking at me like, what does that mean? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Help, God. So I'm like, I need more time, so this is what I do. I said, in fact, I have an encouraging word for all of you, every single one of you. (laughs) Listen, sometimes you just need to take your shovel out and make the hole bigger, to make sure God understands you need him to show up right now. It's our job to swing. It's his job to tee it up. Come on. And so I so said, I got a word for all of you. And, and they're like, what, what are you talking about? I said, come over here. I'll tell you. And the whole time I'm like, help, Jesus, help, help. So they come over, and I get a translator. and So that buys me a second. I'm like, okay, it's starting to come. I start prophesying over the first, the first guy. And it starts, and at first they're kind, of, they're kind of snickering and laughing like, what is this? And, and I just start speaking into his life and his destiny and things about him and his calling and what he's good at. And, and pretty soon the snickering stops and jaws start opening. And they're like, <laughs> and I looked at them. I said, you know him is what I'm saying, right? And they're like, yeah. How did you know that about him? I said, oh, that's easy. God loves you. God loves you, and I love God, so he shares things with me about people. And then the, then the, the, you know, the lead guy who I just, he goes, that was crazy. Can you do that for him? Points to his friend next to him. So I said, okay. So I start prophesying over him. I prophesied over several of them. I think all of them, they get a word, and they're like, this is, this is crazy. And I said, in fact, and, and, and they kept saying, how do you know this? I said, I told you, God loves you. And I said, I said, in fact, God loves you so much, to prove it, listen, I just got my shovel out again, I said, to prove it, he's going to heal whatever's wrong with any of you right now. Help! And, uh, and I said, who's got, who's got pain, injury in your body? And they all point to the same kid. He had broken his foot three months before and it hadn't healed properly. So he's in pain all the time. And I said, All right, Jesus is going to heal you. Sorry, I didn't say Jesus. I said, God's going to heal your foot. So I put my hand on his foot and I pray, and he feels heat in his foot. He's like, What's happening? I said, This is the presence of God. Check it out. So he starts moving it. Then he starts jumping up and down. His eyes get all big. He's like, All the pain is gone. All the pain is gone. And then his friend says, "Uh, I hurt my shoulder playing sports. I said, this time I didn't pray for him. I said, you with the foot, you just got healed. You now have grace to give away. Put your hand on your friend's shoulder. He puts his hand on his shoulder, prays. His friend's shoulder gets healed. (laughs) Now, these kids, I said, were, were, uh, uh, you know, 16, 17 range. Well, just then, as all this is happening, uh, somebody they know would have been like a you know an older brother type. Somebody who's in the early 20s, I would guess, comes walking by. Knows these kids. They're all in a huddle in the middle of them mall, and I'm in the middle of them. And he sees all you know his, his these kids he knows, and he he comes over. He's like, "Hey, what is going on over here?" And they're like, "They're like God is healing us." <laughs> and he's like, "What?" This is this, like, protective thing. He's like, what? Like, who's this guy, like, pulling the wool over my, you know, like, his, this, this, his, his like, little brother type. You know, he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, hey, God just, God loves you too. And he's like, he, like, steps in to, like, to defend. You know, he's, like, aggravated. He's like, what are you talking about? I said, oh, I just, God loves you. In fact, he knows that you have pain that runs down your right thigh. He, he goes, wow, well, did you know that? I said, I already told you. <laughs> God loves you. Listen, have you ever noticed that breakthrough releases more breakthrough? And faith builds more faith. And so at this moment, I said, I said in fact, God's going to touch you right now. And I went to reach out my hand towards his leg, and he goes, whoa, what just happened to me? He goes, electricity went through my leg, and all the pain is gone. And then I told all these kids, the seven guys, and, and now this guy said, listen, all this has happened because God loves you. I've been telling you, all this happens because God loves you. But this, this that you just encounter, this power, this love, this grace, this is through Jesus, God's son who came and died on your behalf. Now what I haven't told you yet is this whole group of guys were all Turkish Muslims I hadn't used the name of Jesus yet this whole time. Up until this point, now they're all healed. They're all like, what's going to happen next? I said, this has all happened through God's son, Jesus, who came and shed his blood for you. He died for you so that you could encounter this. But this isn't just meant to be a moment. This is meant to be every day for you. Do you want to know this Jesus? And they all said yes. And so... I share more about, I share a little bit more about the gospel, make sure they understand. I said, okay, we're going to pray. I said, I want you to put your hands out. So all these guys are gathered around, and then all of a sudden, I'm, I feel compelled to look over my left shoulder, and there's two teenage girls that have been sitting on the side watching the whole thing. And I just look at them. I said, you've been seeing all this. I said, you guys want Jesus too, don't you? And they're like, yes. I said, great, come over here. So we all sit in a circle, and they all gave their lives to Jesus right there in the mall. Why? Because Jesus is good, and he loves his children, even the ones that don't yet know his love. Amen? Another s- quick story. You've, I've shared this before, so you may have heard this, but a number of years ago, I was uh, having coffee at Starbucks, sitting outside tables of Starbucks uh, in Reading, and uh, I'm, I'm talking with a student. I'm actually meeting with a student and we're just talking, fellowshipping, but over here, there's a couple sitting over here, a few tables away, and they just keep getting drawn to them. It's like they're being highlighted. And nothing particular, no, like, word of knowledge, we're Not we're not at the place where I'm like, you got pain running down this part of your I just They're just being highlighted, and it keeps going. So finally, I just tell the student, I said, hey, can you hold on a second? I just got to go do something. So I get up from the table. I walk over to this couple. So, excuse me, um, this might sound kind of odd, but I'm sitting over here just minding my own business. But I feel like God has been highlighting you to me the whole time. Do you need prayer for anything by chance? And the lady looks at me and she goes, This is so odd. She goes, You know, we don't live in this town. She said, We're just driving through. And we stopped off on a road trip. So, we just stopped off to get a cup of coffee and a sandwich. We've been sitting here, and in the last hour, you're the third person that asked if you could pray for us. And then she said this. She said, I told the first two people no. She said, but I think something must be up here. This, this is what she said. She said, I better let you pray for me. Have you ever noticed that when, you get, when you're faithful to give, the little that you have is when more comes? And so I didn't have anything when I went over there, except for, man, you're being highlighted. So when she tells me this and says, I better let you pray for me, then a word of knowledge came. I said, do you have pain in your left hip and it shoots down into your leg? She said, yeah, I do. How how did you know that? I said, well, I already told you. God's highlighting you. And then at this point, just this real faith came. I said, is it okay if I pray for you? And I, I have her sit with her back flat up against the back of the chair, and, and I hold her, her, her legs out. I said, I want to check and see if, if, if your hips and legs are balanced. So I hold them up, and sure enough, one's o- over an inch shorter than the other. And I turned to her husband, I said, I said, hey, you're going to want to see this. And he leans over the table like this. And I just pray. I said, I barely got the prayer out. In the name of Jesus, ask this leg and goes, whoo, and just stretches out, grows out to meet the other one. And the husband's jaw about hit the table. He's like, and the lady goes, Whoa, I felt that. I said, Will you, will you stand up and, and test it out for me? And she gets up and she starts walking around, and she's got tears in her eyes. She goes, This is the first time I haven't had pain in my hip in 12 years. And then, and then at that, I tell them about the love of God that they just experienced, and said, "Do you want to know this, Jesus?" And they both had had previous relationships with Jesus as young people and walked away, and they both rededicated their life to Jesus right there at the tables, at Starbucks. But do you know what is profound to me about that story is the fact that I left that I left that encounter. I walked away thinking to myself, "Wow." Who are those first two people who came up and planted the seed? That she said no. I don't know who they are. I, I will never have the opportunity probably to tell them what happened. They will never know that their seed, that they thought was rejected, actually bore fruit. It didn't return void. I'm sure it didn't look like what they were thinking or hoping when they stepped over the chicken line and went up to that lady and her husband. They'll never know that that seed that they thought was a rejection actually turned into a salvation. Until they get to heaven, then they'll know, and we'll have a party together. <laughs> we will... We will rejoice together somebody say it's easier than I think even even the lowest even the lowest experience if you step out and you take a risk and you're like excuse me can I pray for you the worst thing that can happen is people say no but you know in that situation even the no became a tree of life and bore fruit. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, how many people know you don't have to be very skillful to go out and have people tell you no? I'm just saying. (laughs) But what if you had faith? What if you had a recognition that God is so good that even the no has the ability to come back and bear fruit? Do you know that our, our our job is just to throw the seed? We talked about love encounters. That our job is to give away love encounter seeds everywhere we go. And I'm about to jump in the word, but I want to tell you this. Uh, our pastor, Bill Johnson, he loves to tell this story, that in biblical days, they farm differently than we farm today. Today, we pick what field we're going to, gonna farm and we plow really nice straight rows kind of like the church and we plant seeds you know in order but in biblical days they would take the field they were gonna gonna farm and they would take the seed and they would throw it out over the field and then they would take the plow and they would plow it into the ground so Bill loves to say that wherever you throw the seed attracts the plow You know, one of the reasons we don't, we don't step out in evangelism is because we think we have to have answers for everything. We're so scared to take a little bit of risk because we think, man, if I even open that door, if I en- en- engage with someone, then I have to, get a prof- have to have a prophetic word for them, and it better be right. I better have a word of knowledge, and it better be right. If they have a problem with their body, I, I need to pray for them, and they better get healed. And then I better not explain the scriptures enough to them, lead them through salvation. Then I gotta like meet up with them for coffee and disciple them, and probably let them move into my house. And I like, <laughs> like we get overblown. We, cre- we create this big picture, this insurmountable hurdle, and so then we go, you know what? I'm just not gonna do anything. What if that wasn't our job? Listen, God will open up avenues. There will be relational times where that 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 will happen. But most of the time, our job is just to throw the seed. And where we release the seed, God is faithful to bring the plow. How many people in this room that you... Uh, I, I'm sure there's people in this room that, you know, you grew up in a Christian home and you said the sinner's prayer at three years old before you d- you don't even remember. But how many people, you got saved a little bit later in life. You know, junior high, high school, or later. You got saved later in life, but you, could, that you can think back and you can recognize that there was a whole series of stuff and events that got you to the point where you say, Jesus, I surrender all. How many people could say that's true? You know what every one of those events was? It was a seed. And we are called to release love encounter seeds everywhere we go. We're called to release these seeds, but we're holding on to seeds because we're like, oh, I don't know if I have the answer for every question they'll ever ask. Like, I don't know if this prophetic word is going to be right. I don't know. I I haven't got a lot of words and knowledge right, so I'm just not going to try, and I'm just going to hold my seeds here. Guess what? Your seed isn't going to return void. Every time you just said, hey, hey, God bless you. Did you know Jesus has a plan for your life? Every time you encourage somebody, every time you tell them Jesus loves them, every time you prophesy over your waitress, every time you tell the person at the drive-thru, hey, Jesus loves you, every time that you give, get a word of knowledge, every time you try, every time you step over the chicken line, every time it's a seed that's been planted in their life. And listen, by the currency of heaven, you just engaged. You just engaged heaven. You threw the seed, and guess what's going to happen now? The plow. Thank you, Jesus. Open your Bible to Mark, chapter 4. Just hang with me. We're almost done. Another 90 minutes, and we'll be out of here. (sighs) (laughs) He's... Some people just got really nervous. I'm joking. (laughs) Mark 4, verse 14, says, The sower sows the word. Say that with me. The sower sows the word. Verse 15, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear... Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These, likewise, are the ones sown on stony ground, who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves, so endure only for a time. Afterwards, when tribulation or persecution arises, for the world's sake, immediately they stumble. Now, these are the ones who sow among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of the world and deceitfulness of riches and the desires of other things enter in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones who sow on good ground. Those who hear the word accept it and bear fruit, some thirty, some sixty, and some a hundredfold. Let read that last verse again, verse twenty. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Someone say, good ground. Those who hear the word accept it and bear fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100-fold. Thank you, Jesus. Jump down. The, he explains the parable in verse 26. And he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. And he goes on to explain the parable Now, I want us to notice something, that the sower went out and sowed the seed, and some was stony ground, some was thorny ground, some was good ground, but notice that the sower didn't first judge the ground before he threw the seed. Listen, we Christians have got really good at holding on to our seeds, We are carrying life-changing love encounter seeds. We are carrying the knowledge of his goodness that leads people to repentance. But we're walking around holding on to this basket of seeds going, oh, I don't know, you don't look ready. Oh, you don't look friendly. Oh, you look busy. Oh, I'm not sure about you. Oh, you're too young. Oh, you're too old. Oh, uh, you're too hot. You're too cold. And we leave the house with this basket full of seeds and we come home with a basket full of seeds. But this says the sower, the kingdom is like a sower who goes out and sows the seed. And what the sower do? He went out joyfully and said, here's some seed for you, here's some seed for you, here, here, some seed. here's some seed for you, here, take some seed, here's some seed for you, here's some seed for you. And guess what? Some of that seed landed on good ground. It landed on good ground and it it sprang up and it bore fruit, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold How many people think that's a good day? So, what happens if we do that the next day? Here's some seed for you, and some for you, and some for you, and some for you. A crop, 30, 60, 100 fold What about the next day? Thank you, Jesus. Somebody say, I have love encounter seats. And I get to give my seeds away. Somebody say it's easier than I think. Do you know one of the biggest hurdles we have for engaging people out in the streets is that we think we're going to be interrupting people? (laughs) Listen, that just means we don't understand how good our God is. We don't understand how good the message is, how good his grace is. Because we're like, oh, I'm carrying, I'm carrying the revelation of God's eternal love unto salvation. God who changes everything that not only saves your soul but heals your body, restores your marriage, the whole thing. But I I don't want to tap you on the shoulder because I might be interrupting. I don't want to disturb you with life-changing goodness. Now listen, let me put it in perspective. If I gave you a million dollars cash and said, I want you to go out and give it away, how many people know you wouldn't stumble over, oh, I don't want to tap them on the shoulder. I might be disturbing them. I don't feel like that sunk in. Listen, how many people think that would be fun? I gave you a million dollars said, go give it away. That would be fun, right? Because you know you're giving away breakthrough. You're giving away opportunity, you're giving away transformation. You're like, "Oh, look, here's $100,000 for you and here's 10,000 for you." And excuse me. No, no, seriously. Come here. You want to see this? Listen, I got money for you. You would chase people down in the parking lot. You would interrupt them in line at the store, wouldn't you? Huh. Cuz you understand the value connected to what you're giving. But if you're carrying eternal love and counter seas and you're like, oh, but I don't want to disturb people. Do we understand the value of what we're carrying? Now listen, we live we live in a in a pessimistic skeptical world. You know, if if you're if you're if I told you to go out and give cash away, like large sums of money. It would be super easy. It'd be super fun. Somebody say fun. (laughs) The kingdom of heaven is meant to be fun. It would be super fun. You'd be like, this is awesome. I'm changing people's lives. (laughs) Most people, if you stick $10,000 in there, that's going to change their life. It'll change their day. It's going to break them out of Cycle of poverty, pay off their debt, whatever, $100,000, boom, that's going to change somebody's life. I'm changing lives. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. But this world that we live in is so skeptical that I guarantee you'll run into somebody who's not at first going to take the money. You're like giving money away. Here you go, here you go. You're going to run into somebody like, hey, I got cash for you. They're like, whoa, what are you up to? You're trying to con me. You're trying to me, scam me. Like, whoa, I don't know, uh-uh. You know what your reaction to that should be? No problem. Here's the next person. Here, I got 100 grand for you. No, uh, I don't want that. Oh, really? Okay, no problem. Hey, here you go. Here's some money for you and money for you and money for you. And people are like, wow, this is real. Look at this. This is incredible. And that person is watching you. Listen, I've literally had this happen many times. That person is watching you. Next thing you know, they're tapping you on the shoulder. Uh, excuse me. (laughs) I know I said no earlier, but is that cash real? (laughs) And are you really just giving it away? What's going on here? Now they're hungry for what they just rejected. Do you know one of the most powerful things you can do with a no? Is one, know that even a no isn't going to return void. You just released the seed. See, like, you have this beautiful little secret going on inside. They said no, but you know you just set them up for an encounter with God. So you, hey, man, I just, you were being highlighted to me. I just, I feel like, man, Jesus is highlighting you. Do you need prayer for anything? No, no, I don't want prayer. No, thank you. Hey, no problem. I just, I really felt like I was supposed to ask. He was highlighting you. But no problem. You have a great day, and you walk off. Do you know one, the seed was planted, but two? Do you know what they're thinking of themselves? Wow, at least that Christian wasn't a jerk. What happened? The seed went in. Now the next person that comes along and says, "Hey, I just felt like I got tired you. Could I pray for you?" They're like, "Yeah, okay, maybe." Is this getting in? Is the seed getting in? Come on. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Where should we go? Matthew 10. I shared this the other week. Now, listen, I had this message actually on my heart to share the week that um, I'm blanking on his name. Our friend from Germany, Walter, thank you. Walter came and shared, and we were leading up to our Engage Gage Austin where we we, more than 200 of us went out in the streets that Saturday it was incredible Um, but I felt like I was supposed to have Walter share and that was a powerful night Um, but then God put it on my heart said I I still want you to share that message because I was thinking oh lead up and then that I didn't share it. it's like oh okay I'll go on something else I feel like God said I still want you to share it because people went out in the street and sometimes that makes us hungrier for more Because the whole whole thing about that day is that it's not supposed to just be a day. Amen? It's supposed to stir something in us, to awaken something in us, to do it all the time. How many people want to see a city transformed? Thank you, Jesus. In in, uh, Matthew 10, Jesus, he calls the disciples... He calls his 12 disciples together, and he gives them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Verse 1, all kinds of sickness, say all kinds. All kinds kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease, say all all kinds. And then he goes on to name the 12, and he calls them apostles. And then in verse 5 of Matthew 10, these 12 Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, do not go into the way... The Gentiles did not enter the city of the Samaritans, but go round to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And here it is. And as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. As you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. As you go. As you go where? As you go about your day. As you go about your life, as you go about your business, as you're engaging with coworkers, as you're at a restaurant, wherever you are in line at the supermarket, as you go about your life, your day, just go and preach. Now here, I shared this a couple weeks ago, but I feel like oftentimes we get hung up on that word preach because we think preach needs to look something similar to what happens from up here with the microphone. And I got my three point sermons, and you got your scriptures, and you've studied them in the Greek and the Hebrew, and you got the backstory and the context, and you're like, oh, I don't know if I know that much stuff. But the word literally in the Greek is to herald. It's not to preach, as in with the microphone, it's to herald. What is to herald? It's to announce, it's to proclaim. It's to go and tell the world that Jesus is good. You don't need a three-point sermon. You don't need a stack of scriptures. All you need is your testimony. Go and share about what God has done for you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you. Go, we're going back to Mark. Mark 5. Some of you may remember this from a couple weeks ago, but it's the story of the man of the Gadarenes, and was a severely demon-possessed man, and Jesus shows up on the scene and delivers him, and the demons get cast into the pigs, and the man is set in his right mind, and the whole, the whole region is in awe because of this man was so tormented, and the whole region is awe. He's now in his right mind. And in verse 18, speaking of Jesus, when he got into the boat, he had been, who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. How many people know if you've been demon-possessed in chains for years and, years and years and years and years and Jesus comes and sets you free, he's like, boom, you're free. Have a good day. I'm going to take off in this boat. How many people know you'd want to go with him? You're like, I want to be where you are. Wherever you're going, I have to go too. That would be your response, but listen to Jesus' response to that very what seems like practical and common sense question. However, in verse 19, however, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. What did he tell him? He said, Go and preach. He, did, he just didn't use Christianese. <laughs> go, as you go, preach. What's Jesus saying? Go and tell people what the Lord has done for you and how he's had compassion on you. All you need is your testimony. Thank you, Jesus. Last verse, and then we're going to pray. Is that okay? Turn, flip over to Hebrews 11. In Hebrews 11. It's uh, <clears throat> speaking of great men and women of faith in Hebrews 11. It, it, it mentions several, but I want to jump in in verse 5 for time here. In Hebrews 11, it says, By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. How many people think that's a good testimony? That's the testimony I want. Put that on my gravestone. Come on. He had this testimony that he pleased God. But here it is, verse 6, but without faith it's impossible to please him. Speaking of God, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. How many people have heard that verse or heard that, that statement before? It's impossible to please God apart from faith. How many people have heard that before? That. That that comes from here, and it's impossible to please God apart from faith. But listen, he then goes on to qualify the statement. What does pleasing God by faith look like? For he who comes to God must believe that he is, meaning that God is who he says that he is, that he is, and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. It says it's impossible to please God apart from faith, but then he qualifies it with these two things that neither of them are external realities. They're both internal realities. It doesn't say it's impossible to please God apart from faith, so you have to get a bunch of people healed. It doesn't say that pleasing God by faith means that you're the best preacher. Thank you, Jesus. It doesn't mean that you're the best evangelist. It doesn't mean you have the the most accurate prophetic gift. It doesn't, it's not based on externals. How many people know that we're judging ourselves in places that God isn't judging us in? That we place, we 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 assign to ourselves value based on external breakthrough. But that means we're only waiting to obtain value that God already gave to us back here. I thought that was a good word. (laughs) Listen, it's not external. It's internal. That we have to believe that he is. Does anybody in this room believe that he is God? Does anybody in this room believe that he is good? Does anybody in this room believe that he died for you and I? That he's brought salvation to the world, <laughs> yes. that his blood is sufficient, yes. that he's the king of kings, yes. then you have the faith that pleases God. Yes. Now, listen, the next step is that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek the, him. What does that mean? He does the rewarding. <laughs> I shared this a couple weeks ago. I'm going to end with this. But listen, God isn't most pleased. We're talking about sharing love encounters, encountering people outside of the church. I haven't even used the word evangelism because it just tweaks people. All the religious buttons. Ah, No, listen, we're called to give away love encounter seats. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. At least help me out. Make me think I'm preaching well. Come on. (laughs) Listen. We're called to give away love encounter seats. But listen, God isn't most pleased when we do step out. When We're like, okay, I'm going to go for this. Listen, God isn't pleased when people get healed. I mean, he loves it when people get healed. That isn't the moment that he is most pleased with you. Listen, it's not the moment when people get born again that he's pleased with you. Can I tell you the moment he's pleased with you? It's the moment that you're out on the street and you see a group of people and you feel that little tug and you're, you have this internal wrestle and you're like, oh, I th- this is that moment. God's asking me to step over there and like, oh, but I'm supposed to be somewhere and what if nothing happens? What if something does happen? And you know, around there, that little wrestle inside, but you go, you know what? It's just my job to swing. And you step out and you go, excuse me. Do you know that's the moment that you stepped into believing that he is who he says that he is? And that's the moment that you stepped into believing that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The moment that you had that wrestle and you go, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. And you step over that line and you go, excuse me, is the moment his heart explodes with joy. Did you get it over here? that's the moment that his heart, that Father God's heart explodes with joy and explodes with pleasure. And he's going, look, 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 look at my son, look at my daughter, they actually believe me. And listen, nothing has happened yet. (laughs) Listen, when you really get this, you can go out, you can tell yourself, you know what, I'm gonna pray for five people today before I come home, and you can go out and you can have nothing but one rejection after another, and you get to pray for one person, they don't get healed, like literally nothing happens that you see, but his seed never returns void. Yes. Nothing could happen on paper, we'll call it that, and you could still go home and you can turn on the worship, and you could celebrate with Jesus because you guys just won together. listen, you can have a party with Jesus, and Jesus, we just won. That was amazing. (sighs) Listen, someone who doesn't understand his goodness will look at you and be like, what are you doing? No one got healed. No one got saved. But they're looking out of the wrong lens because God's heart the whole time is exploding with joy. Why? Because you believe that he is who he says that he is. And listen, the the real battle isn't, is the person going to get healed? The real battle isn't, is this the moment they get saved? The real battle is, am I going to step out and say, excuse me? Because listen, if you learn how to win that battle, and you do it over and over and over again, and his heart is exploding with pleasure over and over and over again, what do you think the result is going to become? (laughs) thank you Jesus how many people know you can't cross that line and step into the pleasure of his heart over and over again without eventually very soon very quickly having some stories having some breakthroughs having some experiences having some oh my goodness something actually happened did you see that their knee they said it was better I can't believe it I asked my waitress if she knows Jesus. And she said, no. I said, do you want to? And she said, yes. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Listen, if you step out and throw the seed, your seed, some of your seed is going to hit good ground. The only way you can miss good ground is by not throwing your seed. Thank you, Jesus. Can everyone stand to their feet with me tonight? Can I have the team come up? We're going to close <clears throat> just a minute. I, I'm going to pray corporately, but I do have one group of people that I want to I pray for specifically. But I want to pray corporately for everyone. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. In fact, I just feel like I'm supposed to throw the seed right now. Can everyone in the room just close your eyes real quick? We don't normally do that. I just feel like I'm supposed to do that. Can I get a couple of prayer servants up here? Listen, if there's anyone in the room and you, don't, you came in not knowing Jesus, but you've been in worship tonight, you've felt his presence, you can see his goodness radiating on the face of the people around you, you want to know that goodness that changes life, lives way more than cash, way more than 100,000 dollars could ever change your life. It won't just change the external circumstances. it will change the internal. It will change you for eternity. It's just it's a love encounter with the God that created you from the beginning. If there's anyone here that you came in not knowing that you know that you know Jesus, but you want to. You know you want to. You want to know Jesus, you want to give your heart to him that I'm in for you, Jesus, to encounter your love and your grace and your goodness. I just want you to put your hand up right now. We're going to have some people pray for you. Is there anyone here that you just thank you I see I see you right here. Anyone else? come on, just put it up high. don't it's bright in here. I see you in the very back there. I see you on the very your left my on uh, my left, your right of the. Auditorium, anyone else? It's like, listen, I want to know that I know Jesus. I want this love that you're talking about just fill in my heart, not not for a moment, every day of my life, and then it doesn't even end when I die. This is just the warm-up. Yes, sir, I see your hand, too. Thank you, Jesus. Now, listen, if you got your hand up, I'm going to ask you just... You can't give your whole life to Jesus. You can't say, listen, I want to make you Lord if you're not willing just to come out of your seat quickly and just come to the front and let these people up here pray for you. They're just going to love on you, that love seed. So if you put your hand up, I just want to invite you to come up right now. I got some great friends up here. They're just going to pray for you. Not everyone's going to watch you. We're going to go on and we're going to pray some other things, but this is the most important moment of your life. This will change everything. Listen. Knowing Knowing what I know. Listen, if if you're next to someone who had their hand up and they need a little encouragement, you can just bring them up. Come with them. Come stand with them. That's fine. Just keep coming. Listen, even if you didn't raise your hand but something is turning inside of your heart right now, you just come too. Just come out of your seat and come. Just come. Just come. Jesus, this, this love encounter, It's not religion. It's not information. It's the love of the Father, the one who created you, the one who knit you together in your mother's womb, the one who knows all the trials, all the hurts, all the pain, and he's ready to come and meet you right where you're at. Come on. These people are up here meeting the all-consuming, all-transforming love of the Father. Their life is going to be changed for eternity. Can we give Jesus praise right now? Listen, I want you to do this. I want everyone to make a, make a basket with your arms. If you're thinking yourself, that's weird. Well you, cho- you chose to come, so deal with it <laughs> I'm joking. but make a basket <clears throat> and I-, I want you to say this with me. Say Jesus, this is my basket. I'm asking you to fill it with love encounter seeds. and counter seats. I don't want you to see Jesus filling your basket with his love encounter seats. (laughs) Now I want you to say this to him, say Jesus, touch my heart and make it easy for me to give away these love encounter seats. We're almost done. I just want you to say this. Say, Jesus, I determine to throw these seeds everywhere I go. I'm not first going to judge the ground. I'm going to throw the seed. I'm going to let you bring the harvest. Make this declaration with me to end. Say, Jesus. It's easier than I think. Amen. 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 Come on. I I bless you. Put your hand in your heart. I'm going to let you go. There's one group of people, specific group of people I want to pray for. But I bless you. If you you just prayed for God to fill your basket, I'm going to pray for courage listen it's our job to swing it's our job to swing sometimes we'll miss sometimes we'll hit a single sometimes we'll hit a double sometimes we'll knock it out of the park but you have to be willing to swing and listen a no is not the worst thing in the world listen if you step out and you say hey can I pray for you and someone says no I have good news for you your arms do not fall off Listen, you don't, you're not struck blind. Actually, nothing happens. It's pretty crazy. It's wild. I know I've tried it a lot of times. Nothing happens. They just go no or no thank you or no way or whatever. And you go, okay, no problem. I just really feel I was supposed to ask. Have a great day. And you walk off. Listen, that is not that bad of an experience. Especially when you balance it against the reality that Jesus gave everything for us what he did inside of us he gave his everything if he gave his everything we can give him our swings okay the specific group I want to pray for listen we need some evangelists now listen, I, I just preached this to everyone. All of us are supposed to throw our seeds, but I, I'm t- I feel fire right now. I feel like there's there's, there's some people in the room that you're the people that you're like, every day I'm going to pray for 10 people before I get home. I'm going to stop everybody. Like no one's going to get in 12 feet of me without hearing about the goodness of Jesus. I'm the one who's going to stand up at the restaurant. I'm the person who, who like my friend Chad Deadman is going to get on the intercom at Walmart and be like, God's healing people. And register, check out 10. Come. And start calling out words of knowledge, like the people—they're just gonna, people who are gonna carry the breaker anointing for this thing. Now listen, this isn't, this doesn't have to be everyone. Everyone has your basket of seeds to give away. But listen, if you, if like, if your spirit is jumping with this, I want you to come to the front. I don't care if it's 10 people. I don't care if it's, uh, like, that's not the point. I just feel like there's some specific people that God wants to impart some fire to and activation over right now. Everyone else, we have some ministry team. That If you came for prayer tonight, we, can we get our ministry team just in front of the, both sets of stairs? If you came for prayer, uh, you can come to the ministry team prayer. Otherwise, we bless you to go tonight. Be blessed. Can we just give Jesus praise one more time? If you have children, if you have children in Children's Church, please quickly go and get them. Please quickly go and get them. You can bring them back in. The team's just going to begin to worship. You're released to go, but don't feel like you need to hurry out. You can just soak in His presence. Now listen, you should be up here that everyone got blessed. You're up here because you're saying, listen, I'm going to be the person who's going to go after this with tenacity. I'm going to stop everyone. I'm going to preach on the boss. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to declare it at the restaurant. I'm going to stop everyone. Like You're not going to be able to stop me because God's going to do a work inside of me that you're going to carry breakthrough for others. Now there's a lot of people up here. (laughs) Now listen, everyone has their C's, but please, if you're up here, let it be because you're serious. Like you're serious about this. Like you're serious. Listen, your testimony can be, I went for it 10 times yesterday and nothing happened. And we will celebrate you. We will stand up and cheer and shout. Because that is the breakthrough. Because you can't do that day after day and not have some things start to happen. Listen, but that's what you're up here for. Whoa. Can I get some catchers? I just feel like we might need them. We might not, but we might. We might. Fire, yeah. Take us into the heavenlies. Thank you, Jesus.
0: Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.